This is 105.9 The Region, where parents talk and explore practical, proactive, and evidence-based solutions. This is Where Parents Talk with Leanne Castellino. Welcome to Where Parents Talk here on 105.9 The Region. I'm your host, Leanne Castellino. Over the next half hour, we are going to take a deep dive into how parenting young adults today, people in their 20s and 30s, is uniquely different than at any other time in history. Our guest is a leading global authority on the subject of adolescence. His career spans more than 40 years and has focused on researching the relationship between parent and child. Dr. Lawrence Steinberg is a developmental psychologist, a professor of psychology and neuroscience at Temple University, a father and a grandfather. His latest book is being described as an innovative, comprehensive guide for parents of children in their 20s and 30s. The book is called You and Your Adult Child, How to Grow Together in Challenging Times. Dr. Steinberg joins us today from Philadelphia. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me as a guest. Dr. Steinberg, what makes parenting adult children today so unique? I think there are three things that make it different than it was the case a generation ago. The first is that young adulthood has changed dramatically in that it is taking young people longer to make the transition into the conventional roles of adulthood, like full-time work, marriage, establishing their own residence, becoming financially self-sufficient, and maybe even becoming parents themselves. So if you if you look at the span of time it takes to go from college graduation to starting a family, now I know not everybody does both of those things, but the majority of people, at least in the United States, do. Um, it takes the average young adult today about 13 years to make that passage. It took their parents' generation about eight years to do the same journey. So five years may not sound like a lot, but it's 50% more. So it's 50% longer, the transition into adulthood now than it was a generation ago. That changes things in lots of ways that we'll discuss. Um, a second factor is that times have changed and it's a very difficult world out there for people in their 20s and 30s because of the economy, because of the labor force, not to mention what we've been through recently with the pandemic um, and the disruption of life that that caused. So it is a more stressful time for young people today and that affects the parent-child relationship as we'll discuss later. And then the third is that the current generation of parents of adult children has been very, very involved in their kids' lives from the get-go. I mean, they searched for preschools like it was a matter of life and death. Um, they went to all the back-to-school programs and their kids' soccer games, uh, and they were involved e even into the application phase of college, where not only did they read their uh, teenagers' college applications, but sometimes they even wrote the essay for them. And I think that means that parents today wonder if the same level of involvement is appropriate now that their children are grown. Um, and I think they find it hard to not be involved because they're so, so accustomed to that. So those three things together have really changed the nature of the parent-child relationship for parents with adult children. What are some of the common or the most common pitfalls that parents fall into when trying to parent a 20-something? Well, I think the first um, is that it 
they're naturally inclined to judge their child's progress, if you will, um, according to the timetable that they, the parents, followed when they were young adults. And so they may look at a young person who's 30 and think, when I was 30, I was married. I Maybe I had a child. Um, I was well into my career and climbing up the ladder. I had my own home. I didn't need money from my parents anymore. Well, those are less likely to be the case today for the average 30-year-old. So I think that that leads parents to worry, perhaps unnecessarily, not always, but perhaps unnecessarily, that their child is, that there's nothing the matter. There's something the matter with their kid. There's something the matter with the way they raise their child. Um, things are going much more slowly than they had anticipated. I can't tell you the number of parents that have asked me if it's problematic that their 31 or 32-year-old child isn't married and doesn't have any prospects. And I try to reassure them that that's very common today um, because the age of marriage has become so much later. Uh, a second pitfall, I think, is not recognizing how important autonomy is to people this age. I know that as a developmental psychologist, um, we tend to think of two periods where autonomy is a challenge for parents to handle. When their children are toddlers, you know, we talk about the terrible twos and the oppositionalism of people that age. Um, and when their toddlers grow up into adolescence and parents and early adolescents in particular often struggle over the adolescent's natural need to want to be more autonomous. And as I was writing You and Your Adult Child, it struck me that there's a third stage when autonomy is a big issue in families, and that's this stage, particularly around age 30, where I think the young person wants to demonstrate to their parents and to themselves that they are competent, capable adults who don't need mom and dad to help them anymore. Now, that becomes a pitfall when parents don't realize that the reason that their adult child is not so keen on getting advice from them um, is not about them. It's about the child wanting to be autonomous. And so if you are if you have an adult child and he or she bristles when you make suggestions, um, it's not because they're rejecting you, which is, I think, how a lot of parents feel. Um, it's because they're making a statement that they don't need your advice or and don't want your criticism um, at this age. So that's a a second important pitfall that parents need to watch out for. Um, a third, and it's related to that, um, is, is to think that your child um, should be just as, in, just as in touch with you, just as frequently as they were when they were younger. Now, I teach at the university. Um, my students tell me that during finals and midterms, they have to turn their phones off um, even if it means not hearing from your friends, because their parents are texting them so often that it becomes kind of a nuisance for them. And so I think when parents may expect to keep that level of exchange and involvement going as their children move into adulthood, and they, if they don't get it, they may wonder why. Why am I not hearing from my adult child every day the way that I did um, when she was in college, let's say? And I think there are some understandable reasons for this, the autonomy issue that I mentioned earlier, but I think also it's a very busy time for people in terms of their career, their romantic life, 
um, finding a home if they can afford a home. Um, and so they're, they're busy. Um, and secondarily, it's a time when people place a lot of emphasis on their social relationships with their friends. And so they may be in touch with their peers very, very frequently. Um, and that may interfere with being in touch with their parents as much as they had been before. Our guest is Dr. Lawrence Steinberg, professor of psychology and neuroscience at Temple University and author of You and Your Adult Child. I'm Leanne Castellino, and you're listening to Where Parents Talk on 105.9 The Region. Dr. Steinberg, you bring more than 45 years of research and expertise on this topic to your book. How did you go about distilling so much information? The idea for the book came from AARP, um, which is an organization that supports and advocates for adults who are 50 and older. And AARP began hearing from its members that they needed help with their adult children and that there weren't resources out there uh, and that there were a lot of challenges like the ones we've been discussing and they didn't know how to handle them. And so I began by making a list of the realms of life that I thought were going to be the most, the most challenging for parents of adult children. Um, and they turn out to be education because parents don't know whether they should be involved in their kids' college education, finances, because so many young people are financially dependent on their parents for a lot longer than either of them expected to be. And how do you deal with that? Um, romance, um, because this is the time when people are going to be meeting um, potential spouses, potential partners, and parents may wonder, is it appropriate to pass judgment on that now that my child is, you know, in, in his mid-30s, let's say? Um, you know, they probably would have done it when their child was in his early 20s, but now he's older and they wonder, what if I don't like the person that my child is planning on, you know, spending a life with? Um, work, because this is when individuals are starting their careers and parents may see that their child isn't um, flourishing as much as they would hope and wonder if there's anything they can do. And then finally, um, parenting, that is their child's parenting. So once they become grandparents, they have a lot of questions about how they're how they should be involved. What if they don't like the way that their child is parenting their grandchild? Um, should they say something about that? And they also want to know, how can I establish a good relationship with my grandchild? Um, and there have been things that have been said and written about that, but not in the context of today's families and today's parents. And so I, I drew on my basic knowledge of parent-child relationships, because as you said, when you introduced me, I've been studying that for, if you count graduate school, for almost 50 years now. Um, and I've done a lot of research and a lot of interviews with both parents and children. Um, and I teach... Uh, and I teach young adults, and we end up talking about their relationships with their parents. So I've learned a lot from my students. Um, and I hear from parents all the time with questions about their young adult child. So um, I tried to make a, a, I had a couple of goals. One was to, ma as to make, as I said, a friendly book that was would be accessible to people in the general public. Um, but a second goal, and I hope I've accomplished it. I think I have. Um, 
And I'd love to hear from your audience if they if they like it or if, even if they don't like it. Um, I try to be compassionate toward both generations um, to help each generation see what the other generation is experiencing. Your book has been described as an innovative guide to parenting adult children. What makes it innovative? I think what makes it innovative is that it's aimed at the broad audience of families with adult children and not just at those who are struggling um, or have bad relationships. When I was first approached to do the book, like most authors, I went online to see what else is out there. Maybe AARP had it wrong and maybe there was something that was already written so there was no point in writing a new book, let's say. And I was amazed to see that so many of the books aimed at parents of adult children were about estrangement. And they were written by, by people who were estranged from their child, um, or they were written for people who were estranged from their child. And I began to read articles about the prevalence of estrangement. Um, and those books clearly overstated how common it is uh, it, by, a, by a large measure. And I realized that there really isn't anything out there for the average family, not ones where their parents and children are estranged. So I, I, I thought about, you know, the kinds of books that we have for parents of babies or school-aged children or teenagers. I wrote a book many years ago for parents of teenagers called You and Your Adolescent, um, which took the same approach, which was to say, I'm not, I'm, I'm going to address problems that arise, but that's not going to be the focus of the book. The focus of the book is um, how to build a good relationship with your child. And that was my focus in writing you and your adult child. How can you strengthen um, the bonds? Time for a quick break. More with Dr. Lawrence Steinberg and Parenting Adult Children when Where Parents Talk returns. Stay with us. Want to learn more about the show? Email info at whereparentstalk.com. Stick around. Leanne Castellino and Where Parents Talk will be right back on 1059 The Region. Welcome back to Where Parents Talk. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Here's Leanne Castellino. Welcome back. Dr. Lawrence Steinberg, developmental psychologist and global thought leader on adolescence, is our guest. His latest book is called You and Your Adult Child. Dr. Steinberg, is there a particular piece of research or science that you believe parents of adult children really need to understand to support a positive relationship with them? Interestingly, the science um, that's most important is probably more sociology than it is psychology. And that's the, the lengthening of the passage um, from adolescence into adulthood. And we have very good research on this because um, the, the census departments of, of most developed countries track these things. So it's easy to find out what the average age of marriage is and how that's changed over time, or what the average age at which people graduate college is and how that has changed. Um, and so I dug deep into the research that's been done um, on the nature of the passage from adolescence into adulthood, because I think that in, in some ways, the most pressing challenges that parents face today are traceable to the lengthening of this passage, because that's done a, a couple of important things. One is it's put people 
follow on a timetable that doesn't compare well to the timetable that the parents followed, as I said earlier. And that, that's, if that's the point of comparison, it's going to lead parents to the wrong conclusions about how their child is doing. Um, but the second is that it has pushed to a later age um, some issues that parents would normally confront when their child was a late adolescent or in their early 20s. And so, for example, if you're a parent and your 20-year-old comes to you and says, can you loan me $100? I think a lot of parents would say, what for? And they would speak up if they thought it was a, a poor choice of the way to spend money. Well, what if it's your 30-year-old? Um, parents might feel, do I have the right? I mean, I can loan or give my child this money, but do I have the right really to ask what's it for? I mean, after all, my child is 30. They're probably not spending it unwisely. And so... And, and I mentioned before this issue of meeting your child's romantic partners. It's very different to meet someone when your child is at an age where they're very unlikely to end up marrying this person. So I looked up research on that as well. We have a lot of narratives about, you know, getting together with your high school sweetheart. Well, that almost never happens. Only about 10% of people today are married to the person that they went out with in high school. It's even the case that people aren't getting married to the, the individuals they met when they were in college. That's only about a quarter of all marriages today. Well, so when you when you when you meet your child's romantic interest when they're in their early 20s, it's probably correct to say, I don't need to worry so much about this because it's very unlikely this relationship is going to last forever. That's not the case when you meet your child's romantic uh, partner when they're in their early 30s, though because there's a very good chance that they'll end up with this person. And so that changes the whole that 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 changes the whole perspective that a parent might bring to this issue of um passing judgment or not passing judgment on the person that their child is dating or romantically involved in. So I think that understanding the 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 sociology the demography of young adulthood today is critical for parents. I also talk um, separately about neuroscience um, because some of my research is on brain development during the teen years and during the 20s. And one important finding that I discuss is that the brain we now know is continuing to mature in very important ways during the decade of the 20s. And parents may not realize this. And as a consequence of the, the, the fact that the brain is still immature in some ways in the early 20s, let's say during the college years, um, people engage in a lot of risky and reckless behavior now. And it may surprise parents of somebody who is 22 or 23 years old that they're doing things that seem dangerous or crazy. Um, and I explain how brain development helps us understand why risk-taking is so prevalent at, at this age um, and what parents can do to help protect their child from um, getting involved in dangerous activities. Along those lines, I'd like to dig into some practical tips that you may be able to share on some of the topics that you've alluded to. With respect to parents and how they can try to avoid the trap of comparing what their lives were like at 20 and 30 to what their kids' lives at 20 and 30 are, 
What kind of tips can you share for parents to avoid that? Well, you know, the first is to understand that the timetables are very, very different because of factors that have nothing to do with your child as an individual because of the way that society has changed. But I suggest a little rule of thumb. Um, if you want to compare your child's circumstances with the circumstances that you were in when you were their age, you should really subtract five years from your own age. In other words, if you want to ask yourself, how is my 30-year-old doing? You should think back to where you were when you were 25, not when you were 30, because it takes five years longer to get to the same place. Um, and I, I I like this tip because it's easy. It's easy to remember and it's easy to enact. Um, so that's one. On the subject of autonomy and post-secondary education, college, university, how can a parent prevent overprotecting, over-involvement while trying to cultivate autonomy, hopefully, in their adult child? Well, I give some pretty um, uh, severe advice on, on this topic. And I say this both as the author of the book and as a college professor who's taught people this age for many, many years. Um, with the exception of financial assistance, whatever you can provide and feel comfortable with, um, and um, a, a visit to campus a couple of times a semester, maybe stay out of it. Ask questions. You want to discuss what your child is learning. Um, you want to discuss what they're reading. You want to discuss what they think of their classes. But you shouldn't be involved in any decision making um, at all. You shouldn't be editing their college papers. Um, you shouldn't be suggesting courses that they take. Um, or the sequence of courses that they should take. One reason is that it's become extremely complicated. And, and it's hard even for somebody who teaches at a university to keep up with the changing requirements. Uh, and so if you're a parent and, you, you know, you may be thinking back to your own college education and giving advice based on that, and it's probably not relevant to today's colleges and universities. So, um, I, you know, and I think that this is hard. I think this is hard for a number of reasons. The first is that, as I said before, today's parents of adult children have been involved um, in their kids' education, um, very, very deeply involved. I mean, just speaking personally, my parents didn't even know where I applied to college. The, the, you know, they, they agreed to pay for it, but they said, this is your decision and just let us know where to send the check. Um, that, you know, just think about a parent saying that today. You never hear a parent saying something like that today. College is not just about what you learn in your classes and whether what you learn is going to be translatable into a job. Um, college is about personal growth um, and psychological maturation. It's a really important time in people's lives. And if you are micromanaging your child's college education, you may not realize it, but in a way you're depriving them of experiences that they need to have in order to be successful in life later on. On the topic of young adults and adult children living at home longer or moving back home and staying for a longer period, how can a parent best support and survive that type of dynamic? This is a very new challenge, um, at least in the United States, um, where living with your parents is now the most common living arrangement for people in their 20s. It, it hasn't been that. Um, it was never that at all during the entire 20th, 21st centuries. 
Um, even during the Great Depression, um, fewer than 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 fifty percent, which is what the percentage is today, moved back in with their parents. So um, th this this can be an issue because nobody has rules. For, nobody knows what to do. Nobody knows what the guidelines are. What the rules are for things like household chores and what your adult child's responsibilities should be. Uh, for things like whether your child should be paying you rent for their room and board. Um, for things like coming face to face with intimate aspects of your child's life that you didn't expect to see face to face. When problems arise, I suggest a technique that's actually borrowed from the business world called collaborative problem solving, where if you and your adult child are um, coming to heads over something, um, you should pick a time to sit down and discuss the situation and brainstorm how to solve the problem so that your adult child and you are both contributing ideas for potential ways to solve it. Um, and once you've agreed on that, um, put it into place and then check back with each other in a couple of weeks to say, how is this working for you? And it could be little things like whether your adult child keeps their room clean um, or it could be big things like whether your child is spending their time looking for a job so that they can um, save enough money to move out and into their own place. Um, but either way, I think what we know from business models of problem solving, that when both parties are contributing to devising a solution, they're each more likely to buy into it and to implement it um, enthusiastically. And so... Um, I, I think if you're if your child is living at home with you now and you're struggling over something, I, I think you should have that kind of conversation. And I'm confident that it really will help. So much of what you've outlined here is a real source of struggle and conflict in many households. What can you say that could give parents and adult children hope in truly challenging times? That this is a transitional period. And you have you have seen this movie before as your child was growing up, because there are these important transitions. They occur around age three and around age six and around age 12 or 13. Um, and again, probably when children go off to college. And this is another transitional period. And what what I think you as a parent realize now looking back was that during these transitional periods, there are a lot of bumps in the road. Um, and you're going to do your best to get through this transition um, as as best as you and your adult child can. You're going to do that by keeping the lines of communication open, by understanding what it means to be a young adult in today's world and adjusting your parenting accordingly, um, and by getting together and collaborating when you have an issue that seems to be particularly problematic for your family. But because it's a transitional period, you will find that a new equilibrium will be restored um, probably sometime during the early 30s. Um, and so this will be a temporary period of, um, of disequilibrium or disruption in the family that will be resolved as you and your adult child learn how to navigate and to negotiate um, a new relationship that you didn't, you know, you didn't expect to be in this situation because no one could have predicted we'd be where we are today. Um, and 
you know, unpredictability is an uncomfortable feeling for all of us. And it's a difficult feeling for families to deal with. Um, but as things become more routine, and as you learn more about each other's issues, there's a lot of learning that your adult child has to do about you, too. Works both ways. Um, that you will find that things settle down into a much more comfortable situation for everybody. Dr. Lawrence Steinberg, author of You and Your Adult Child, we really appreciate your time and your insight today. Thank you. I hope it's helpful. Remember to catch the full-length interview, both podcast and video, at whereparentstalk.com. That is our time for this week. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Leanne Castellino. Hope you'll join us next time. Sign up for Leanne's parenting newsletter and so much more at whereparentstalk.com. This is Where Parents Talk on 105.9 The Region.